0: You
1: know, Mr. Mr Pop <laughs> <laughs> What are you supposed to do in a porno theater, eat lunch? Well, you're taking a few sandwiches
0: This is Rock and Roll Your weekly shot of sport and music With Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine Hello everyone, welcome to Ruck and Roll, yeah. our weekly podcast where three fine human beings get together, one of them is actually named fine, uh, get together and, uh, and have a chat about uh, the things that are going on in the world, the things that have affected them and the things that they want to talk about. Uh, and with me, I'm Kevin Hillier, with me to, uh, to do this discussion is Mark Fine. <laughs> no, what no, are, don't worry about me. What are you laughing about? No.
2: It'll become plainly obvious. And uh, no, and of course Rob, the Rob. other
0: the other third member of the uh, panel, not in not in any or numerical order, is Brian Maddox.
1: Hello, Brian. Hey Daddy o Yeah. Jazz man. Jazz. Um, yeah, hello, Kev. Hello. hello, Mark. How are you? Very
0: well, oh, well. thank you.
1: I will thinking i give you an easier question. No.
0: No, oh, no, we're <laughs> fine. I think there's a little echo uh, happening with. You're getting some. I think I better go
1: back to my. Yeah, I think I've got a delay. I think I might have to go back to my old headphones. So talk amongst yourselves. Uh, give them, a, give them a try.
0: And while uh, while we're doing that, I'll just tell you what's coming up. Talk about all things, including finally being at the soccer uh, last night when we would normally record. Finally got tickets to the soccer. So off he went to have a look at the Matilda's Massacre, Canada, which was great. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Asher's cricket. We'll talk about the footy from the weekend. My oh, God, what a nightmare that was, tipping-wise. Um, we'll talk about uh, some mass retirements that sort have of happened uh, particularly in the football world and a couple in the cricket world as well. We'll have a quick discussion about the Logies, because they were on in case you hadn't noticed. And uh, the death of this week is unfortunately chock-a-block full. Very sad. It's very, very sad. Um, passings. And we'll have a look at the footy tips, which which quite frankly, um were not good by anybody's mathematical standard. Very, very ordinary. How was your week, Finding? Had a
2: very good week and you did mention the highlight. So yes. I wanna thank you and Brian and our most importantly our listeners who might be getting this podcast to a little bit later than normal because last night I took leave, got offered in the afternoon yesterday a ticket to Australia versus Canada, and I thought that's too good to pass up. I've got to say, you know, I mean, without Sam Kier and the team, just in the crowd, expectations was very nervous before the game. The talk was they're going to have to play a lot better, which, of course, goes without saying. They'd lost to Nigeria, scraped home against Ireland. And it was, you know, when you watch a good team like they've been a good team for a long time. The Matildas—they've mm. done us proud. Mm. You know, when you watch a good team. Now, I'm—I I'm, kid you not, five minutes in. So before Haley Rasso scored that first wonderful goal, they were on. It was completely, completely different. When you go to the soccer, I've been to quite a lot, you know, because I was involved with in Melbourne Victory for five or six years. You can really t- tell when a team's pressing the other teams back against the wall and they've they've got, you know. And sometimes you get great games that go end to end, but really all the intent was the Matildas. It was very good. 4-0 was everything they deserved. You, you could have even made a case for a couple more. Yeah. Well, you could have because there was one just allowed... But- and, and Mary Fowler disallowed, Mary Fowler hit the post and a couple of other good chances. And really, everything mm. from the other end was very
1: speculative.
2: And Canada are no easy boots. They well, were they a were completely different team. Yeah, yeah. But a champion team, not nervous. You know, some Can team, I be heard? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Some teams in that situation with the weight of expectations resting heavy on their shoulders... Go to pieces, but they've been a good team for a long time. The Matildas they they lifted, they loved it.
1: Did you watch it, Brian? Yeah, I did. I thought there was a totally different team. They they actually they were they played with intensity, they they played like their lives depended on it. And I think you know that intensity, which I think the Gold Coast Suns played with this this weekend, you know, when you get a team to play like that, they're going to win. and they looked nothing like the team that played Nigeria or Ireland. And, you know, now we'll probably get Sam Kerr back. I think they were going to risk you if they were losing for the last 20 minutes or something. But, um, no, look, this is how they should have played from game one. And um, But, you know, I was really proud of them and I was really wrapped I thought it was great. Oh. And I, I was really impressed with the fact that when the goal was disallowed, they just went, oh, well, stuff it. We'll get another one, and they did. They got another one within about five minutes. So I thought that was that was showed real integrity. And um, no, I was I thought they were great.
0: Oh, truly, what was the crowd like? Funny being there, fantastic. Lot of lot of Canadian support. Yeah, I did notice that.
2: But very very good spirited. I think most of the Canadian supporters might have been Canadians that lived here for a long time or whatever, because. Sitting near us, there were people in Canadian colours steering wildly when Australia scored. So I think they were sort of there with a foot in either camp. So it was all, you can imagine. that. In fact, Australia and Canada, Australians and Canadians have always got on very well. You know, I think there's, we're sort of like-minded people. If I, I know travelling overseas, there was always a great draw, you know, when you backpacked around Europe for Australians and Canadians to sort of travel together. So it was good fun. It was important, but not not right. in any way not in any way. Um the rivalry was in no way over the top or unfriendly. It was yeah. very good.
0: You, well, you were part of the twenty odd, twenty-eight thousand, I think it was, uh, in the stadium. Uh and Brian and I were part of the two point five million who watched it on television, staggering That's great, figures. It? It's great. For, they're great figures for any Australian team.
1: terrific. Great. And just, just back, and the on, just very back good. on the Canadians and the Australians. Okay. Yep. Um, just back on the Australians and the Canadians, I think it's I read somewhere that um, we've got roughly the same kind of population and roughly the same kind of space. But correct me if I'm wrong
2: yeah I think it's quite I think I don't
1: know That's am I on delay or something tonight
2: no 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 just everything you say is so brilliant that I, I'm I'm just processing it well.
1: Process it quicker. Um, <laughs> well, that's the first sensible thing you said all night. Get,
0: get that, get that microchipping your head moving a bit faster. there, finding
1: um, it, no, it was. A, it's.
0: I don't know whether we're the same size or whatever. Uh, but we we sort of we got a, a similar kinship in terms of you know we're sort of uh, from the uh, from the the empire, but not no longer part of it. We're really really geographically more independent than probably anybody else who was involved in the empire. And we um, we like to stick it up – both countries like to stick it up the Yanks and the Poms. So I guess we have a kindred spirit there.
2: All right, we're going to have to pause the podcast.
0: What's happened? Hang on, what's happened?
2: Well, you don't have to pause it. I'm just telling you. My wife's in the bedroom flashing me.
0: Flashing you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. She's trying to put me off my game. Well, I had to
1: put up with that last week.
0: <laughs> I was not at your house last week Exactly what I was about to say I didn't think Natalie was at your place last week Brian, they were A whole stack of other people. You're
1: thing. right, it's not a house, it's an apartment So, you know, it's semantics, everybody Well, there you go It finally
0: happened And it's. I'm glad that it's happened on this edition of the program Finding Sex Room has finally been, uh, been uh, brought to fruition And there Correct. it is right there. there Everyone have a look There you go Beautiful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave you guys to it. See
0: you later. <laughs> well, we we're about to say the same to you and Finny, but... Uh... No, don't leave us. Oh, no. Oh, don't
1: worry. Just don't go on time. You'll be okay. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> all right. Hang on. She's on a clock now. You're in trouble, Finny. All right. We've got to finish, yeah, this, podcast, finish this podcast on time. We'll oh, be catching Fine. Uh Instead of the um, the breathalyzer at the end, or the deathalyzer at the end, we'll be doing another... Uh, uh, thing you can no, I won't say that. Um
2: right. But you just you just learnt there there's not a side bone in this house between you know, everyone's a performer in the fine house.
0: Yep. As it should be. All right. Uh let's talk about the uh we've talked about the World Cup. So the next game the uh, Matildas will play be next Monday. Um yep. in Sydney Stadium, either against England, Denmark or China, whichever one finishes second in their group it's- or Haiti. Well, Haiti can't. They're only on. They're on zero points, aren't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. They can make it.
0: Uh, well, the games are on now, so we'll know. Um, yeah, I
2: mean, it's highly unlikely, but but they've been very good actually. They only lost one 0 to England. No, oh, right. but they um, if they were to win, and if they beat Denmark and England beat China, then it's goal difference because they'll all be on three points.
0: Oh, okay. Unlikely. We'll keep an eye on that. I think I've, yep. uh, I think I've
1: got an app. I'd rather I'd like I'd like oh sorry. I'd like to beat China or England the most. I would fancy our chances against Denmark, if our boys can beat Denmark, then our girls certainly can. And Haiti, I don't know, after whether we played against Nigeria, let's leave them right out of it.
0: I'm just having a look. Haiti and Denmark hasn't started yet, I don't think. Uh, so the other game won't – they're both on at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll if we get a chance, we'll uh, have a look at that. But th- that's the next game the uh, the Matildas yep. will play next Monday. So hopefully a big crowd in Sydney and uh, and supporting the girls and hopefully they can go to the next step, which will be really good. Yeah, it was great. All right, footy. Now, now let's, let's – Now, uh, there was a bit of a
2: controversy I read on Twitter.
0: About the World Cup?
2: Not controversy. I was just following a few things. And did I don't know if this is true, I didn't see it. On the coverage last
0: night, mm-hmm. did one of the The girl that knocked uh, Haley Rasso over? Did some girl called Thompson or
2: Thomas or something for Canada get heard on the microphone saying, Yep. After you jumped into me, you twat. Correct. <laughs> oh That's
0: almost verbatim.
2: Yeah, I read it. It was everybody was passing it around, Somebody and it was right.
0: It, it was right in the broadcast. Uh, <laughs> right, great. Where, right where the fourth official stands, and yep. it was. I believe it was directed towards the Australian bench. Um, yep. And uh, Hayley Rasso went down, and it, it, she would. Uh, I have to say, her commentary was one hundred percent correct. Haley Rasso <laughs> did, did jump into her and came off second best, and she jumped up and went back and someone obviously had a crack at her and she turned around and let him have it.
2: So I, I, I'm not following the game on Twitter, but everybody around – Or or Twitter, as it's now called. Um, yeah. So people around me were passing it around. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the intent, I think, of, you know – have, you know get stuck in a herb yeah.
0: but everybody found it so funny that she got cheered for the rest of the yeah. game. <laughs> there you go. See? The <laughs> relationship with Canada is perfect. Even when even when, <laughs> even when they're absolutely uh you know sticking it to us, uh we uh, we still laugh about it. That's the way.
2: Yeah, play. but it was it was great on Twitter. Just had to put the kids to bed, the soccer got R
0: rated. <laughs> uh yes, no, it was very uh well, it actually got R-rated before that because I saw Ellie Carpenter in the warm-up when the little kids are standing in front of her, you know, after the yeah. um, thing. I'm sure, well, I'll stand to be corrected, uh, and I'm sure someone will, but what she yelled out to her teammates after the uh, national anthem uh, finished was what most sporting people would yell out to their fellow sporting comrades, you know, come on, girls, boys, whatever, let's stick it up them, but in a much more colourful Use of the English language. She said it, and there was like these little, you know, little ball kids standing in front of her. So it had already got rated a little before that, but you couldn't pick that up on the microphone. That was the difference.
1: Did they
0: have the
1: kids highlight. with little balls in front of it?
0: Little ball kids. That was kids. the highlight of the whole
1: night. Oh. The uh, the Canadian girl going off. That was a joke. You've got to be quick with this stuff. Oh, sorry.
0: Um, all right. Footy tips, and no one did very well in the traditional one because um, the the round sucked. Goodness gracious me, who would have picked Carlton to beat Collingwood, Fremantle to beat Geelong, GWS to beat the Bulldogs, and the Gold Coast to beat Brisbane? By jeez, you're in trouble after the first four games, or at least I know I was, and so were you, finding.
2: Yeah, i had naught out of four. Yeah, I think I fought that all right.
0: You did. Uh, Brian had one out of four at that stage. Uh, well done, Brian. And <laughs> thank you. Pick GWS, and then of course. Uh, Eston let him down, but Sydney uh, came good for us. Then we all missed Port because Adelaide got up. Uh, and then the rest of it was uh, pretty much uh, West Coast Eagles saved you two. I went for North. Melbourne got up, but Brian picked Richmond. Uh, St Kilgore got up, but Brian and I picked Hawthorne. So it was all over the shop. But in the end, uh, Brian, uh, you and I got a pair of twos, which is, you know, Yay. riveting. And, uh, yeah. and finally got double. Addy got a four. So that brings Brian, you to 96, finally to 125, and me to 107. So that's in the traditional one pointer competition. And now in. uh, in I got you. Got you again. God, I'm loving it. Loving it. In the point spread. Let's talk about this one, shall we? We have a different story here, let me tell you.
2: I, yeah. think, I think Brian might have made up some big ground here.
1: I think at, I might have
0: too. At the start of uh, the round, uh, Finney was uh, was miles in front on one hundred and forty nine. Uh, second, me on one hundred and twenty one. Third, Brian on ninety four. So one hundred and forty comes
2: Brian. One hundred
0: and forty nine to one hundred and twenty one to ninety four. I scored eight for the entire round.
1: Sydney wah,
0: wah, wah, wah. Exactly. Sydney and Melbourne uh, were the only ones that I got right. Everyone else I got wrong. So I got eight to go to 129. Finey, you scored in the three games on the Sunday. You got them right. So you picked up uh, 18 all up to take you to a grand total of 167. Still a Still very handsome right. lead. Still a very handsome lead, though. Brian. You got Frio for seven, GWS, sorry, Frio for eight, GWS wow. for seven, Suns Yay. for eight, Adal- wow. Adelaide for seven. Wow. And Melbourne for four. Woohoo. For a total of 34.
1: <laughs> I'm back It's baby. a
0: great competition. Out of a possible it 52 is. to take you to 128.
1: Oh, it's so my second great. now.
0: So the scores are finally on one hundred and sixty-seven, Kevin on one hundred and twenty-nine, and Brian on one hundred and twenty-eight. It's game on,
1: right up your ass. It's good, isn't it, Brian? I love it. I think I wouldn't even bother for uh, one point in next year. No, I think and I think I, no, I think the
0: point spread is fantastic.
1: Well, I was talking to the people that do my one in the building. And I was telling you about it, and they said, "Oh, we should do that next year." And I think I think it's a far better way to do it, um, because as Finny said last week, I think you know, I'm back in it again now. You know, if I get another couple of weeks like this, well, I might even beat Finny. But um, you know, that's what's good about it—you well, can really catch up.
0: If you if you're looking at social media and stuff over the weekend, and the way people were talking about the football and talking about their tips in the football, it was all based on. Well, I'm I'm gone because I've I've got to the end of Saturday night and I've got none out of five or, or people were posting, you know, I've got one from seven or two from nine or whatever it was. So that it was a complete disaster. Um, I got I reckon five text messages and about I don't know how many messages on on Facebook and Twitter and stuff uh, telling me how much fun Brian must be having with the football this weekend because all the ruffies have got up and he'll be on the lot of them.
2: So, yeah, well, was,
1: but, most of but, them.
2: But the thing is. In the normal one pointer, yeah, you could pick them all, but you just don't make up any ground. No,
0: nah. no, you don't. You, you yeah, could
2: pick, you could pick all those winners, but you need upsets for the next 30 weeks to catch up.
0: Yeah, once you're out of it, you're yeah. out of it. In the one
2: prime prime's one, you know, but but again, you can't pick every roughie, and you'll see this week there's a lot of games that are very even, so you still got you still got to have your you know, you, you can't have, have so, those skills. Yeah, you're gonna to have to. Work your way through some even games, try and get those winners, and then you can really be back
0: in it. Yeah, you can. All right. Well, uh, before we get to the actual tips, and we'll do that, shortly Was a round of upsets. Also, around where um, a couple of uh, major retirements. Uh, Buddy retired on the spot. That's it. Done. Finished. Gone. See you later. He's uh, he's finished after a fabulous career. Shannon Hearn announced today that he'll retire at the end of the year, um, and he's been a bloody great player for the West Coast Eagles. It's. Such Very a, good player, Shannon. Yeah, such a pity that he's going to finish playing in a team that's a bloody rabble um, because, you know, they were a, a premiership-winning team and he was a bloody good player. Um,
1: and that concludes well, tonight's
0: episode of The Deathalizer. <laughs> yeah, almost. I'm a other one,
1: bit early, Sorry. Yeah, a
0: bit. The other one's a bit sad. Uh, uh, Max Lynch um, announced his retirement today, 20, yeah, yeah. 24 years old, 11 yeah. games, Nine concussions and he's at the point now where after the medical people um, sat down and talked to him, he's had to retire and he will not be able to play contact sport of any kind uh, continuing for the rest of his, his life and he's 24 years of age. So that, that's based on what um, the level of impairment already that, uh, that he could suffer from any further concussions. That's so bloody sad.
2: But really good now that we have a protocol, where that guy just wasn't trotted out on the field every week for another three or four years, mm. and have his life ruined. So it's at least.
0: Well, we his- do have a protocol, but it gets stuffed up every now and again, as it did on the weekend with Port Adelaide. Yeah, well, they 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 got they should be heavily punished.
2: They should be removed from the competition for 30
0: years. <laughs> well, the the doctors admitted that he made a mistake, which is uh, okay, fair enough, and that probably exonerates uh, you know the whole thing. But from I didn't see the game, but from what I can gather, from what I've read, um, uh, it was fairly clear that Alire Ali was in a bit of trouble. And if you talk about concussion, most concussions being delayed concussions, um, the fact that he answered the however many questions it is immediately for the Protocol test, you would have been yeah. testing him again te- every ten minutes, wouldn't you? Because he copped a fairly heavy knock, from what I can gather. Yeah, crazy.
1: Yeah, Any, did that yeah,
0: crazy stuff.
1: Did they report his teammate that did this thing to him? It was friendly fire,
0: wasn't it? It was Lockie someone. <laughs> Lockie Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh, you know, there's the two the two reasons. One one reason why they've got to police this is because young blokes like Max Lynch, and the other one is you just don't want to have. You know, the ramifications of what concussions do to blokes. Um but well, I mean if you've been reading any of the transcripts of the Shane Tuck um inquest, well, my God, is yes. that that's harrowing.
2: Yeah. Now yeah. I used to you know, Shane lived very close to SEM. Yep.
0: Yeah. And when I was to walk used a lot around there, out. didn't he? Yeah. You remember like, when yeah. I used
2: to when I used to jump out for a dairy between <laughs> at the news. There would have been a year where I would have had a chat to Shane three times a week, Mm. four times a week.
0: Yeah, it's Uh, very sad.
2: Lovely. just a a lovely bloke. Just didn't, you know, but we didn't talk about footy.
1: Yeah. Well, I used to like, you know, having a Shane Tuck on a Saturday night and then maybe a Gary Buccaneer on a Sunday night, but – I've got a lot of respect for that Hawthorne too.
0: <laughs> Good. Thanks for sharing that. No, no Chrissy Mews?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? What? he got the Big Dipper whenever he had got half a chance to, just quietly. Yeah,
2: oh, so yeah. He would have had a Chris Mew every now and then. Yeah, I reckon.
0: <laughs> yeah. And was all, always known to give the Chris Langford a bit of a run. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, let's. He when he got, he'd, you know what he would do? Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he'd he'd have his, he'd, he'd go to his gig. He'd get hungry, so he'd have a Rodney eat after the gig. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, Rodney eat. yeah <laughs> he'd
2: eat, he'd, eat too. <laughs> he'd he'd want he'd get thirsty, so he'd have a couple of Greg Deers. Yep. Then he'd have a Chris, Chrissy Mew in the Dunny. Yep. Pick up a
0: bird and go home and get a Michael Tuck. Yeah, and then and then the next day he'd go and have a swab.
1: <laughs> well, it's a bit like how to get a root out of Rita the eater eater. You take it down to a meadow, meadow lee. Oh, you make sure she's spread well. You pull out your stalk, and oh, I can't remember the rest of it. But yeah, very good. Says me.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Marjorie I never knew. I'd never knew margarine could be so erotic.
1: Oh, you haven't watched that. What's that English chick? She's always getting scoops and luscious and that. The big
0: boobs. Oh, Nigella. She,
1: oh, she's just trying to give everybody. She's like a soft porn
0: star <laughs> that
1: actually doesn't, doesn't you know, get into it. She just cooks. But, you know, she's selling sex and food.
0: How
2: disgusting. Have, have, have you ever seen The Last Tango in Paris?
1: No, I haven't.
2: No,
0: I haven't either, but I think we all know where you're going with this. Well, let's just say butter's better than butter. Yeah, I I knew you were going to say something anyway. Anyway, I
1: I don't have butter on. Anything I'll have butter on is just a Vegemite on toast, but roll, anything else, no butter. Yeah, I'm with you it could, be, it could be Marlon Brando butter. Exactly.
0: Yes, the, the Brando butter is out of the uh, – you don't even have to put it in the – you don't have to put it in the fridge for it to go hard either, which is really handy. But
1: anyway, <laughs> it anyway, let's get – if, would would if you were walking down the supermarket, Kev, mm-hmm. and you saw Marlon Brando butter, <laughs> would you buy – would you buy it just – Quite frankly, Brian.
0: No, quite frankly, Brian, you could stick that up your ass. Oh, really, honestly. <laughs> Not interested. No, not in my shopping trolley.
1: I'd, I'd probably leave it near the spare toilet paper <laughs> or something.
0: <laughs> now, let's get to the tips for this coming round. Uh, we'll go the one-pointers Lacto's, first.
2: Lactose intolerance. Yes,
0: I mean. exactly. Uh, <laughs> Western Bulldogs in Richmond Friday night at Marvel Stadium. Oh-ho! doggies struggling. Doggies cannot bring home the bacon. But I'll tip them again because, you know, I'm – very, very, very loyal. Not smart, just loyal. Uh, uh, Richmond or Western Bulldogs? Funny. Uh
2: for it's a, a point. tricky one. It is. Well, I'll go for. I'm
0: mm. going to go for the tigers. Tigers. Okay. Richmond. Brian.
1: I'm still dirty on the Bulldogs beating Essendon, so i will going for the Tigers because we beat them. So. For no other reason, I'm going for the team that Essendon beat.
0: Now, i will go Richmond, Richmond and Western Bulldogs in the point spread because it's a, a split one. It's a five and a five. So no happy to stick with the team that you tip. Yep. Essendon play West Coast Eagles. Now, just
2: on that, just on the five and the five for those two. Yes. I had a look yesterday. The odds would suggest that Western Bulldogs are clear favourites, but I didn't read it like that. I thought five and five was right.
0: I thought five and five was right too because the doggies have not been in great form. Richmond, no. Richmond have been up and down, but Richmond are a team that when they play well, they're they're very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, they they got opened up a bit at the
2: end against Melbourne, but that was a very good game of footy for a long time.
0: Dogs' injury toll out of that game it, uh will not will not help them either. Losing, losing Josh Bruce, as we could see by him putting Rory Lobb down uh, as a key defender, that yeah, yeah. um, yeah. they're struggling there. So they got a, they got a few. Um, We've got a few injury worries and a few personnel because I don't think Liam Jones would be back this week. I'd be surprised to yeah, he is. And
2: Nancurvis is back. Yeah, I had it as
0: a five and five. Five and five, I think. Is, uh, is he back this week, is he? Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> worry about yourselves. Don't worry yeah. about the opposition. Sorry. Essendon and West Coast Essendon for everybody, yes? Yes. Yep. All right. Now, when we get to the dangling the carrots in front – you can change and take nine for the West Coast or bank you one for and I'm banking one. I'm banking one.
1: Look, I'm tempted. <laughs> oh, you can't against oh, your really own team. Yeah. Oh, look. They did win um, last week, though, Eagles. I mean, no, how they a, didn't. Like, you know what's they interesting? should have won. You know what's no. interesting?
2: What's West that? Coast won last week. Essendon have lost, what, their last three?
1: Yeah. They've really
2: season. And I'm still quite happy to offer nine one. <laughs> there's a bit, about, uh, there's a bit about
1: West Coast on the road. Yep. Yep. Alright, Essendon for both kids. Okay.
0: Uh next game is Adelaide and the Gold Coast, both winners last round against uh the odds. Uh this one's at Adelaide Oval, Saturday afternoon at two o'clock. Have to go to the Crows at home. Finey. Crows. Brian.
1: Uh, this is the one point. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh we'll go to the Crows for one point.
0: All right now, dangling we go. Adelaide only gets you three. The Gold Coast will get you seven, but I don't like them enough to get go for the seven. I think it'll be an Adelaide for me. Funny.
2: I mean it's a tempting seven. They thrashed
0: Brisbane. It was a great performance. Mm, they yeah. did, but, but this is an Adelaide, Adelaide.
2: Adelaide thrashed Port Adelaide. Mm. So I'm just going to have to go with the home team because when they get on a roll there, they are irresistible. Yes, they are.
0: Brian, uh, the seven for the Gold Coast for your boys, the Suns.
1: Well, both teams coming into this game with great confidence, Kev and Fonny. And I tell you what, it was a spectacular performance by the Gold Coast Suns last week, but also the Crows. Very, very good. So, with that in mind, for, for how much? This was seven points? Seven. the I've never doubted them.
0: Right. Next up is uh, Hawthorne and Collingwood at the G on Saturday afternoon. Collingwood for mine. They'll bounce back after that loss to Carlton. Biney? Collingwood. Brian for one point. Collingwood. Now we get to the interesting part. You get eight for Hawthorne and two for Collingwood. I still think Collingwood will win. I'll take the two. Fine, taking the two or banking the eight? Or, or, or f- I'll take the two. Okay, just playing a straight bet down the middle of the wicket there. What about you, Brian? Are you tempted by the eight for Hawthorne?
1: I think about 1995 when Carlton were nearly a super team. They were a super and, team. And then they lost to St Kilda, who were rubbish, and then they lost to North Melbourne, Sid- who, Sydney. Somebody, uh, Sydney, Sydney. who were also rubbish. Yeah. yeah, Sydney and St Kilda, but they lost. Heavily to
2: both teams.
1: Yeah, and I don't think Sydney could get arrested at that point. Um, so I feel that the mighty Hawks, because Gary Buckinaro and Michael Chuck influence, might get up on this, and I'm taking the eight or seven points or whatever it is. Eight. Keith, I'll take it,
0: and eight for uh, for them if they get up. So there you go. All right, that's a big dangle. Next, we got Geelong and Port Adelaide. Whoa-wee, GMHBA Stadium, Saturday night at 7.25. The Cats are shaky, to say the least, but so are Port. So I'm going to go Geelong at home. Finey?
1: Geelong. And Brian? Mr. Controversy says Port Adelaide.
0: Port Adelaide to win in Geelong, who lost there yeah, last week against Frio.
1: Hasn't Geelong lost a couple of players and injured and not quite right?
0: They're just not playing very well, to be honest.
1: Yeah, well, no, no, I'll go with Port. I think Port lost last week. They'll be keen to fire up. I think they'll win.
0: Geelong, Geelong, I put these on the wrong list. I just need to change them over. All right, now for the dangling of the points, uh, you don't get any dangle room here. It's five and five. So stick them with who you've tipped. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, Now, next we go to GWS and Sydney. Now, this one's called the Battle of the Bridge. Uh, It's at Giants Stadium. It's at uh, 7.30 on Saturday night, and I think the Giants will win. Um, That bloody Toby Green, honestly, um, he's very good, uh, but he shouldn't have been able to win that game almost off his own bat on the weekend. Uh, Who are you going for, Finey? Sydney. Eh? Sydney. Sydney, okay. Uh, Brian, Sydney or the Giants? It's a giant stadium.
1: I concur with you, Kev. I think the Giants are just getting a bit better and better. And, um, yeah, no, I think they can win this. And I think Sydney's due for a loss. They've been gifted a few wins, so there you go.
0: Now, that will only get you four points. Uh, Sydney will get you six. So where do you want to go with that one, Brian?
1: I've never doubted the Swans, Kev.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this one's for six. funny which which one are you going? Sydney for six? Yep. Yep, okay. Uh, then we get to the Sunday games. North Melbourne play Melbourne at Blundstone Arena. So down in Tassie at ten past one on Sunday afternoon. Sorry, North, can't do it. Melbourne will win. funny Melbourne. Brian? Melbourne. And uh, now for the point spread in a very generous... Oh, jeez. You get a nine for North Melbourne. In Tassie. Look uh, at you
1: guys trying to set me up. No,
0: actually, <laughs> I'm seriously thinking about it. Um, I'm actually going to take it.
1: I, so am I. I oh,
0: you're going to take the nine as well. Okay. Right. Yep. Finally, you are going to stick with the one? I'll bank that, thank you. <laughs> bank the one. He's, only, he's 400 in front and he's banking a one. What a wooz. St Kilda yeah. play Carlton, Marvel Stadium, 320, Sunday afternoon. Carlton are close to irresistible at the moment. They actually believe in their own bullshit. Um, so I'm tipping them. Finey? Carlton.
1: Ooh, that must hurt. Uh, Brian, are you going for the filth? I'll go for the filth, Carlton. Right.
0: Now we get into the ooh, St Kilda will get you seven.
1: I'm in for that kid. Oh, <laughs> the bill. They are rubbish. They're <laughs> pretenders. I've never f***ing <laughs> supported them. I think they're rubbish. And if uh, it wasn't for the umpires, they wouldn't have won a fr***ing game. They can go and get stuff.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm almost with you on that too, you know. Seven for, seven for St Kilda at Marvel Stadium.
1: Oh, oh. God. Good last week, St Kilda.
0: It's very tempting. Don't you start trying to bait me. Piss
1: <laughs> off. They went straight down the centre. They didn't root around around the wings uh, and it made a hell of a difference.
0: I've already and written down St Kilda. I'm going for the seven. I'm going to have a crack at it.
1: Uh, what are you going for? Fine. Are you going to bank
0: the three a uh, year? You know what? I was going to go for St Kilda. But, <laughs> now you're
2: not going but, to. Well, you two are. You two are you two are, No, no, you two are having a go, and if I go for St Kilda, it just blanks out all the tips.
0: Right, okay. So you're going to go so for Carlton. Just, a, just a, as oh, a sporting jester. He's taken one for the team. He's only 400 yeah. in front, and he's taken one for yes. oh. well, on, the so, – Hang on, Hang on, funny, Hang on, mate. I'll just go and get you a few nails, and you can put yourself up for the night. Good, <laughs> good.
1: good. Well, as we've often said on this show, you know, we're not the project. You know, we can't no. just all have the same tips. It'll be just boring. We I mean, have to disagree on the tips and shit. Right. Otherwise, yep. I go oh, yes, Geelong, Geelong, Geelong. Well, you
0: know. Yeah, but if or- Geelong are playing West Coast at Geelong, sorry, it's going to be Geelong, Geelong, Geelong. Anyway,
1: uh, final. Game that's of- where I come in and say no. I think West Coast have got a chance here.
0: <laughs> and the amazing thing is, you're back in the hunt in the uh, in the final part of the competition now for one point. Fremantle and Brisbane at Optus Stadium in Perth on Sunday afternoon. Jeez, the 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 old uh, Brisbane got flogged by the Gold Coast, didn't they? They looked uh, they looked very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. I'm gonna go the Dockers to win this one. Yeah, I'm going the Dockers.
1: Well, I think uh who they play last week? Uh Gold Coast. The captain apparently put his hand up before the game and said, Look, I will is it Lockie Neals? Uh, he, is he said, captain? Yeah, I think he is. He said, I'll, This is my mail from mm. my Gold Coast sons guy. And he said, We've got the young blokes going pretty really well in the um, in the uh, centre. I will take my game out and just make sure he doesn't do anything. he normally gets 28 possessions, he got seven. So I think that the Gold Coast have just showed people how to beat Brisbane. So I would expect Lockie Neal to be heavily tagged this week by 3 and is it over there, Kent?
0: Yes, in Perth.
1: Yeah, no, nah, for that reason. But yeah, I think Gold Coast showed you how to beat Brisbane last week. And so therefore, I think everybody will have watched it and they'll be doing the same. Lockie Neal's going to have a terrible finish to the season in my point of view.
0: So you're going for Frio? Eh? hmm
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm loving it. I'll never doubt it. That's Frio, Frio, Frio. Okay. Uh, now, for six points for Frio, four points for Brisbane. So I'm sticking with Frio for the six. Finey, Frio for the six? Yep. Brian, Frio for the I'm, six?
1: I'm there, baby.
0: Righto. Well, uh, just looking at this. Uh, just
1: sorry, 13. is that ocean annoying you? Well, I'm just sort of outside on the balcony. Is, oh, is, sorry. The ocean, is the ocean waves too loud? I.
0: I can't, the, the, I can't hear it for the. I
1: can't hear it. The
0: the music from the strip club downstairs is drowning it out.
1: You should see the full moon reflecting on the ocean. It's absolutely magnificent. It looks like something out of some really great Hollywood movie. Anyway, okay, but, all right.
0: That's the tips. We've done the tips now. The Logie Awards. What do you think of them, Brian?
1: I thought Sam Pang. What I saw them did a, as good a job as you could possibly do. Um, I thought he was pretty good. Um, I didn't watch much of it. I did want to see how Sam Pang went. I thought he had a bit of Ricky Gervais about him. He hung shit on people. I thought he was funny. I thought Mick Malloy was funny. Um, I thought, it was, from what I saw, it was one of the better Logie Awards.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I thought Sam was really good. Very Billy Crystal-ish for me, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Billy Crystalist, Ricky Gervais, yeah. you know, when they do those awards. And I, I thought that's the right way to approach it. If you hang shit on everybody, then everybody, you, you get last from Channel 7 and 9 when you hang shit on 10 and then you get laughs on 10 and 7 when you hang shit on 9. So then everybody becomes part of the spirit of it. So, no, I thought it was very good.
0: My One of my favourite moments of it was um, Sonia Kruger talking to Sophie Monk on the red carpet before the, miss- the show started I missed that and Sonia said you know we we're, we're both we're both blonde and we, we're both Gold Coast girls and we're both the same age and Sophie Monk looked at her and went uh, are we the same age um, Oh and, and now Sophie was either <laughs> is either too thick to have realized that it was a joke or actually for one moment thought that yeah the woman who's talking to her who's 15 years older than her is the same age. Um, was one of those wonderful moments. Well, you little know, little moments.
1: Sophie's, Sophie's delivered what we expect. So, <laughs> did she say it like this, though, Kev? What are we really the same age?
0: <laughs> it was like that. And I have to say, if there was Don't a, I a Logie. if there was, if there should have there should have been a Botox warning come up underneath the pair of them when they were talking, because there's my god, is there some, um, some, some lip? Do you put Botox in your lips?
1: Yeah, they yes. get their lips pumped up. So they like to right. look like a suction cap these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fillers. Well, by Jesus, uh, there they had lips like I'm. Um, um, you know, my God, they were big. How can any girl not think that that
2: looks absolutely fucking ridiculous? They all they get the facelift and the fillers. They all look the same. They all look like that horrible. And,
1: and, and the trouble is that girls about twenty three and stuff are doing all this shit so that they look exactly like the girls that are 45 trying to, you know, look younger. But by doing that at 23, it makes you look like you might be 45 that just looks good. Um, You know, if you're 23, just enjoy your natural beauty for God's sake.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you.
1: You A very
2: interesting article in the paper or online, very interesting.
1: About? That one I wrote.
2: (laughs) No, I'd miss that. Um, No, it was from England. It was in The Guardian and it was about this huge uptake in this very, very shonky surgery of penis enlargement. Oh, no. And they use fillers and they cut tendons and there are horror stories. But, you know, blokes are just (coughs) sort of apparently they – you know a lot of young blokes who've got completely normal sized penises. Brian, I'm including you here. Um, I'm not. And no, Kevin and my, myself.
1: My, my penis gets great reviews. It apparently oh, it's about average size, but on me it looks big. <laughs> <laughs> And it's beautiful, (laughs) apparently.
2: Uh, I've been told I had a beautiful penis. Like normal size. So the average male penis size is five and a half inches apparently around the world. So so given how many Chinese blokes there are, I'd say (laughs) the average size for a white man would be six inches.
1: Right. I wouldn't want to be comparing myself in Africa.
0: No, well, it's just how it is. Anyway, Stay out of so- Jamaica. Don't go near Jamaica. Okay. <laughs> but, but um yeah, apparently these horror stories of
2: of they they putting filler in it and and one shonk, one shonk literally is using what was described as nothing more than a, a like a if you can imagine a Coke can, you take the the round bit at the top off, the round bit at the bottom off. So you've got, you know, the.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's he's making a plastic or a, poly, a polymer version of that and then encasing it in, in some sort
0: of filler. Oh, every girl's going to want to get a hold of that.
1: And then How sewing gonna- the skin back around <laughs> and it's been oh. bursting open. And- How are you going to feel anything? That's yeah. the thing, that's the other thing that yeah. guys yeah. have done and have lost complete sensation. Oh. You could lose interest. I saw a um, one of those, you know, those medical shows that come on on 7 Mate or something, you know, at 3 in the morning and it, was, and it was this bloke getting. Quality programming. He was getting a dick extension and what they did was they, there's a, a vein at the top of you. Your, your groiny bit. And they cut that and I don't know what that does. But then they put liposuction and stuck it all around his 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 eight day in his you know, his skin around the thing. And I'll tell you what, he he wasn't circumcised. But it looked like, you know, when you go camping with your mates and you see one of their sleeping bags is lying in a freaking heap and it's all, you know, or your doona's all got lumps where it shouldn't have. It yeah, was well, like,
2: yeah, that's oh, what's happening. God. They're getting lumps and.
1: Yeah. And, it's, it's, it's not like a consistent thickness. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah, your doona. Terrible. There's there's lumps at the bottom and there's yeah oh, jeepers, creepers. And this bloke went through all this stuff and. I think he got about a quarter of an inch or something extra. Ooh. And and the, but they showed you it. And I just thought, oh, God, why would you do this? You know, it was probably better off beforehand. But anyway, good that we've been able to talk about dick extensions on the show tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that started with Sophie Monk's lips. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Anyway, um, do do you know, you know, funny, funny, that was a really good time to finish this discussion. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yes, it is. I've got a statistical
2: fact for you.
1: Oh, God. Oh, beautiful.
2: Oh, great. Do you know what country, and I read it in the article, do you know what country has most dick extensions? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh jeez! Um, uh, Thailand. I'm going for Thailand.
0: No, I'm going. Nope. For, I'm going for America because they're just a. They they would be obsessed with it.
1: Uh, no. Nope. No. China. No. Nope.
0: So Last guess, Kevin. Oh, it better not be Australia. No. Nope. England. <sighs> no. New Zealand. <laughs> But apparently, sheep-
2: it's a, apparently it's a misunderstanding for guys who just want to have a bigger deck out the back of their house. <laughs> and they've been going in for deck extensions.
1: <laughs> uh, I thought the sheep must have been complaining, yeah, but wow. Yeah,
0: the bloke at Bunnings is, is totally confused. You want a what extension? Sorry, I, mate? I, what? I, I want a bigger deck <laughs> out the back. <laughs> uh, all right. Is it time? <laughs> it is. It is very well and truly time right now,
1: ladies and gentlemen. Now it's time, sadly, for oh, the death Eliza.
0: All right, we got four, and they're all sad, very sad ones today. One to happen today: Paul Rubens passed away today at the age of seventy. Um, Pee wee Herman, of course, in the, the movies, the television shows. Um, <laughs> Picture hey, theatre. Uh, well, Matt yes. at the
1: picture theatre.
2: Yes. Yeah. He, uh, oh, but that, that's, I feel sorry for him. Yeah. Honestly, he got railroaded. He did. I think he did. He really got run out of town. He was actually very creative and quite funny. Yep. And he got run out of town for jerking off at a porno, in a porno theatre. Yep we yeah. were doing do some mean, sort what? of a
0: sweep. They were doing some sort of a sweep of that area, and he happened to be in there. And then he went. What is he supposed he... to do in a porno theater? Eat lunch?
1: <laughs> well, you're taking a few sandwiches.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a bit of chicken on rye might be good as you watch. Uh, you know, monkey some monkey paper frogs.
0: Oh. <laughs> that could be fantastic. Yeah, so um, chicken Sam, on rye. Bring your own mayo. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> So he passed away at the age of 70 from – he'd been battling cancer for about five or six years. But he was. He was ostracised completely out of the entire um, – and then they they did some – Trump. well, I think they were trumped up charges of child pornography, which got thrown out. But obviously you never read about the thrown out bit, only read about the the charges being late. Um, So, yeah, at 70 years of age, he he passed away. Well,
1: Um, I I think overall he gave more people joy – Than he,
0: people. I sorry, I saw him in recent. In recent times, I saw him in the black. I think he was in the blacklist. The James Spader Um, thing. He had a little recurring role in there a couple of times. Um, Did a lot of eps. He did a few, and he was actually really good in it.
1: Um, Yeah, he. I I saw him in some superhero movie with Jeffrey Rush. Okay, I think he, he was Spoon Man, and it was totally different to Pee Wee Herman. But yeah, no. Look, you know, I think Peter Herman was a little bit ahead of all of us. You know, it was like when I first was like, oh, this is is too much. Uh, But then, you know, a couple of years later, I was like, okay, now I get it. You know, I think, you know, it took me. Yeah but anyway yeah no that's a sad loss. I uh, think he was a great talent.
0: From the sporting world Trevor Francis the English footballer passed away at the age of 69. He played for uh, uh Birmingham then he went to Nottingham Forest. He played uh, 52 QPR. times for England. He uh, did he play at QPR. He played at Man City.
2: Yeah, I think he played at QPR.
0: Yeah, the then end. he went into management and that he was a bloody brilliant player to watch. One of my favorites to watch when uh, when I was growing up. He uh, he yeah. passed away at the, How uh, 60 69. Oh. That's not old. No, not an old any stretch. Um, but it's not a, a bad
1: number. Not... <laughs> 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 <Jeez>. 69. <laughs> We've got to be careful.
0: Why is that?
2: Well, we're, we're not late. young. We could end up on the f***ing list.
0: Yeah, we can, but I won't be announcing me. One of you one of you bastards will be doing that. Uh creeping up. We could we we can, can pre record
2: it. <laughs> yeah, oh thanks.
1: <laughs> let's yeah, I think we should let's,
2: actually. Let's pre record our own death alive. <laughs> I think
1: uh, you got uh, I think I think you two will be around for mine. So oh, he's, oh he's probably you oh, Always go. self-effacing.
0: Here we go. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Always. You guys will live long. Poor than little us. Brian. He's going to go
2: before yeah. us. Oh, pity party for Brian. <laughs> Brian's dying.
0: Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Who else Big is. Big deal. <laughs> All right. Let's um, move on. Who else is.
2: Dick. Right. Randy. We're all, hey, we're all dying, Brian. You're nothing special.
0: Exactly. No. Randy Meissner uh, passed away at the age of 77, was uh, originally in Ricky Nelson's Stone Canyon Band, then he went to Poco, and from Poco he was one of the founding members of the Eagles. He uh, had that uh, beautiful high voice that sang Take It to the Limit. Um, and there was a really integral part of their harmonies in those those early songs. Really good bass player and uh, and a very good vocalist. And pity he died at the age of seventy seven last week. And the other one was um, Kevin. Kevin,
1: just just let's go back. He he. What was his first achievement?
0: He was in re- called Randy. Randy. <laughs> his, his name's Randy. <laughs> Randy Meister. And
1: then he's and then he's doing Poco.
0: Well, he was in Poco. Remember Rosa Cimarron? Yeah, oh, he did Poco.
1: All right, he was Randy. Yes. And then what did he do after that? He was in the Eagles. He got spread like an eagle. Mm. Oh, love the root. Typical bass player. There
0: you go. It was go, was, in the, was, was, was in the Eagles? He was the bass player was, in the Eagles. He was in the
1: Eagles. He was in the Frogs. <laughs> he was in Stevie Nicks. Whatever you can get up. I never had a pulse.
0: Been a bad week for the Eagles.
2: Shannon Hearn and now Randy Moss. Yeah, different Eagles, though. <laughs> I <ain't
1: laughs> them, <mate>. uh,
0: <laughs> And the final one is a really sad one. At the age of 56, Sinead O'Connor, of course, passed away. Now, there have been really sketchy details of um, whether it was suicide or what it was. I haven't seen anything confirmed, but um, she certainly had uh, her mental health issues, um, which were not hidden. They were were well and truly talked about. Um, Her son uh, committed suicide a few years back, and uh, she she really struggled to um, to come to very terms sad. with life after that. And uh, for someone with such a absolutely magnificent voice, beautiful voice, um, pure, very sad. Yeah, pure. That's a really good, really good word to use with it. That nothing compares to you. That vocal, my God, that's right. gorgeous. I mean that is a that is a, a
2: classic song, isn't it? It yep. is
1: one
0: of the all time classics. The way she sang
2: it.
1: Yep, the way she sang yeah. it. Yeah, I, I'm. The I mean, Prince's Prince is, is just it's all right, but hers is great.
0: Oh, hers is hers is mesmerizing. Yeah,
1: but yes. did
2: you not find it funny? I always found it odd, given that she shaved her head. Yeah. Then her name was Sinead, which was very close to skinhead.
0: I always used to look at any. It doesn't matter. Okay.
1: You should have seen what happened downstairs. She, anyway,
0: she was uh, a polarizing uh, a figure in terms of uh, uh, some of her views on on things in life. But uh, you know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. But um, very sad at the age fifty six. That's just
1: bloody criminal.
0: All oh, right. Man. Speaking of polarizing views. Right. Let's well, let's, let, let's, let's close see. up the death, Eliza Brian.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes tonight's episode of. The Death of laser
0: Okay, let's, let's get, get ready, ready to, to rumble. rumble. Cause we're For going it. not only I seeing Steve's everyone. Gonna... Uh, I'm seeing, are you looking at the monitor uh, in front of you? Uh,
1: right, no, I'm, I'm. watching. I'm watching on some people I, in the f***ing Antarctic. Okay, know, well, talk.
0: finey talk. Why? I so you can see. His nipple.
2: (laughs) I gave myself a purple nipple. And is it trust me? Is that what is written about it? Trust the universe. Trust Trust, the universe.
0: Okay. I can only pick up the trust. The rest of it was hidden under the flannel shirt there.
1: Trust Brian. When when do you pick up the Harley Davidson? That's next. Oh, I don't like Harley. I don't like motorbikes.
2: God, I cannot understand people who ride motorbikes. I mean, in Vietnam I do because everybody does. But they're so dangerous.
1: I yeah. know oh, one yeah. mistake and you're gone. Yep. Yeah, correct. You know when you first started this podcast, you were this friendly, nice guy. Now you look like somebody that's going to, you know, with all your tats, you're going <laughs> to kill somebody.
0: Now I have a question you know, for you, Finey. Yep, it's and it's it's related to your your turning yourself into the illustrated man.
2: Which, by the way, somebody came into the shop. A great guy, Ronnie Hendel. Mm-hmm. I think it was Ronnie. Was it Ronnie? Uh, yeah, well, it was Ronnie. Ronnie. He's a great bloke.
1: Yeah, I'd know. It was Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Ronnie. I yeah, was, was doing Ronnie. security that day. Good Blimey. old Ronnie came in and he had yeah. a chat to you and then what happened?
2: Well, he told me about this movie, The Illustrated Man. I really want to see it. Oh, Rod Steiger, it's brilliant. It's supposed to be brilliant but he didn't tell me the ending. He just said it's, it's creepy and you've got to watch it so don't tell me. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, I no,
1: don't no. well, no, It's they,
0: a great film. It's a bloody brilliant film. Absolutely mesmerizing film.
1: They featured ads for it in the um Tarantino featured ads for it when they're driving in the car. Um, I think it's when they're driving in the car for the Illustrated Man and um because it's nineteen sixty nine, obviously. Yeah. And and Rodsteiger, as you say, Kev, but you want to listen to the voice it. He was a man. He's covered in. It's 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 even deeper than what we get now. It's it's a really great voiceover. What's that? In, what yeah. what Tarantino movie is that in? Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood.
0: Oh, okay. It's in that. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. I've never watched that film. I must watch that one. Oh, it's a great movie, Kevin. You have got to watch it. It's um, I'd say it's you know Tarantino makes every movie pretty good. Is that Leonardo? But,
0: Leonardo DiCaprio? Is that him?
1: Yeah, 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 and Brad Pitt. Pitt. Brad Pitt won an Academy Award for for it, and um, I think it's in Tarantino's top three movies, it's a must-see, Kev. It's a must-see. I've watched it five times.
2: Oh, okay. Hurry up. I know to Brad Pitt myself. All
0: right. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to ask you that question. Go on, fine. Yeah, yeah. just very quickly,
2: Brian, I went out with another mate last night Yes. who lives on the Gold Coast. He's just down for a few days. Okay. And he told me about some great restaurants on the Gold Coast. He told me about Is there the I think it's a Broad Broadbeach. Broad beach. He said it's it's almost in a garage. It's a Japanese restaurant.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been there, but my friends have. They said it's the best food. Yeah, you he said it is brilliant, but you you gotta queue up, you gotta well, I don't think they even even have any signage out the front. So you yeah. don't even know where it is. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, that's that. what he told me. Yeah, they're they're marketing the joint like nobody else is, but they're so confident with their food. Yeah. And all of my friends that have been there said it's just amazing. So yeah, what did your well, friend say?
2: Brilliant. and he knows food. He likes a good he's good on the tooth, but he said it's just brilliant. So yeah. I said I'll come up. And I'll go there. Maybe, maybe I'll hook you to. I wouldn't mind going up to the Gold Coast.
0: Now, so maybe you'll come to... up. Now, Brian. The other thing I should have asked you this, and I've read about this the other day. The Bavarian Steakhouse on the corner is closing down.
1: I didn't even know it was still here.
0: Yeah, and I read something about it the other way. The, the owners are um, selling it up. That's, uh, that's well, been that, there forever. That's been there well, for as maybe,
1: long. maybe the owners, but uh, as far as I know. If there'd been a Bavarian steakhouse, I would have eaten here by now. But no, I used to know I used to go there all the time when I'd visited, but maybe the owners of the Bavarian Steakhouse had leased it oh, to okay. other restaurants. Um but no, no, I would love to go to the Bavarian Steakhouse. But because um, I used to
0: wear the leader oh, and all that stuff and walk yeah, around yeah. and uh, slap the slap that the that thighs th- and do all that stuff. Yeah. It was but I've told you I've told you about it before. Yes, yes. <laughs> and-
2: you mentioned Bavarian Steakhouse in my house and there is uproarious laughter still. And yes. this happened 20 years ago.
0: That's the little At, wiener?
2: Where the waitress came and handed everybody their meals and then just announced, she said, I've got a child's wiener.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that will be enough for me too. I'd, I'd be off. that will be it. All right.
2: Okay. I, know, I, admit, I admit I'm immature.
0: All right, now here we go with this week's list. Controversy, the most, the most controversial list
2: ever on rock and roll.
1: Uh, now we should we should uh, divulge did what you happened actually, here. Did you actually mention? Okay, I haven't mentioned what, what the list is yet. So the no, last, I wouldn't. If you'd mentioned it at the start of the show, nobody'd be still listening.
0: the la, The last couple of weeks, we've done your best, uh, our best, uh, English, Australian, and uh, American comedy shows. And this week, with the Ashes finishing yesterday and with that, I just thought, well, we'll throw this one out there. So I threw it on the uh, the feed that we've got, our little private little feed between the three of us. Your top I thought five, it was a joke. Your top five favourite English cricketers. Well, one member of the panel has taken enormous exception to this being the topic this week.
1: Absolutely. What's your
0: fucking oh. problem, Finey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That Brian suggested
2: we dump this topic and go for our five favourite communicable diseases. Or serial killers.
1: Yeah, that's how bad I thought this topic was. Uh, Our five favourite evil dictators, our, our five, you know, look, really, I couldn't give a shit about English cricketers and... I know our female audience won't give a shit about female cricketers and for my male friends that do like sport, they couldn't give a shit about English cricketers. I think this is the potential, as I said on my message, um, five worst ideas that we've had on the podcast. I've got my number one and this is it. It's a great topic. Let's commence. (laughs) For people that like cricket. But uh, all right, let's commence. Don't worry. My list
2: is interesting and it'll be made more interesting with a number of interesting
1: anecdotes. Yes, see? See, Brian. As I said I like your I like your thing, Kev. You said it could be interesting. No. And whatever topic we should do should be interesting. No, it could be interesting and entertaining. Yeah, but it should be interesting and entertaining. It changed that C with an SH. Um, this is this is a shocker. This is we as I said, we may as well have done five favorite serial killers, five favorite evil dictators, five favorite Afghanistan cricketers. Don't
2: this worry, now you're just
1: being be <laughs> No, I'm just trying to make a point. But anyway. The people can write in and get to the Facebook page and and say, was Brian right that this is the worst topic we've ever had or was Brian completely out of control because this was the most interesting topic we've ever had? Let's get in with this riveting segment.
0: Fanny, kick us off with your number five.
2: My number five is an English cricketer, by the name of John Briggs. Right. Now, John Briggs played 33 Test matches between 1884 and 1899. And he's not well known, but he should be, because in his second-ever Test match, he played against South Africa, and in the first innings he took seven for 17 And the second innings, he took eight for 11. Wow. For incredible match figures of 15 for 28. It's not the only time he did that. He took 10 or more wickets three times against the Australians, but he also, in 1884-85, made 121 at the MCG. And in that game, he didn't bowl a single over. He was picked as a batsman. But his story is one of the saddest stories of cricket of all time. Why is that? Because he was an epileptic. Oh, really? And sadly, in those days, epilepsy was considered to be a mental disorder. So... In 1899, still at the height of his test career, he had an epileptic fit on field and was transported to Cheadle Asylum in London, which was notorious, and he died there in 1903, never to see the light of day again.
0: God, that is sad.
2: Taken from a cricket field because he had an epileptic. And remember that England would go on to have a famous epileptic as a captain in Tony Gregg. In 1899, that was enough to be locked away for life, and he was never seen again at the height of his test career. Wow. wow. So a very interesting, sad story of John Briggs, but one that
0: I've always been fascinated by. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Brian, what have you come
1: Stick up with? Pick that up, yes. Pick <laughs> that in your <laughs> pipe, Brian. Well, I'm sure our, our female <laughs> listeners will be. Oh, don't their their start about our female listeners. When have, you, when have you ever given
0: a shit about our female listeners? By the way, and by
2: the way, okay. by the way <laughs> I've spoken well, to Suzanne and Ro- and Rosalie, <laughs>
0: <laughs> aka Trixie and Funbags.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know either of those girls, but I really want to. Okay, <laughs> here's my number five, Joe Root, and that's because his last name is Root. That's it.
0: Well, see, there's a very valid reason for having him in your list.
1: I've got a bit more, Brian. That's incredibly
0: interesting and entertaining.
1: No, I'm just doing my best to, <laughs> to, to salvage a f***ing bad segments.
0: No, it's all right, no, that's right, no, because Brian, uh, well, well, this has a nice, this has a really nice twist at the end of this segment.
1: Rachel and uh, uh, and uh, Tanya and all of the girls. Enjoy what's ha- what's happening here. Right, all right. keep no. They'd much
0: on. rather hear about Yoko's pussy go on. Tell them about that. I'm sure they. I
1: reckon they would. Oh, <laughs> you you're just full, would <laughs> you're just full of shit. Everybody oh. would um, rather hear about Pussy.
0: You're just full of shit.
1: Well, I my, no, I'm not. I've had diarrhoea all day, so there you go.
0: My number That's five what? is a bloke called John Edrich. Uh, he was a ripper. He was just a little bloke, uh, but he was as as gritty and as gutsy as any batsman you'd ever see. Uh, in fact, so much so that he probably could have, he probably could have been an Aussie. Uh, he was such a good little batsman. Played in the late 60s, early 70s, um, and a uh, little left-hander, uh, and uh, they tried to hit him with everything but the SCG stand, and he just stood there and took it every time. Got felled a couple of times by the Aussie bowlers, but got up again and, kept going, no helmets, none of that stuff, none of the arm protection, none of that. He was just a, a
1: bat that's a bat that's really thin.
0: A really thin bat. Uh, and just Yeah. A, he was he was just a warrior. Uh, and I always admired uh, him for that because a lot of the other English batsmen at the time were standing at square leg trying to play uh, the, the Australian bowlers and weren't very successful at it. But he, he was someone who had a go. It's always like John Hendricks, so he's my number five. Finally, number
2: four. William Evans Midwinter.
1: Oh, here we go. You ready for it? Yeah, I am.
0: I am. I don't think
1: anybody's ready for it. Really? come on. Named right. N- after, after
2: the season. It's fair to say there's never been a test career to match that of Billy Midwinter's. Good old Billy. <laughs> A useful medium-paced bowler and handy lower-order batsman. It wasn't as much what Billy achieved on the field, rather his decisions off it that make him a standout amongst Test cricketers. Mm. Midwinter made his debut for Australia in the first Test at the MCG in eighteen seventy-seven, and he played his final Test at the SCG in eighteen eighty-seven, once again for Australia. Okay. In between those two Tests, Billy Midwinter played four Tests for England. After being literally kidnapped by W.G. Grace whilst playing for Australia, Midwinter was playing for Australia against Middlesex at Lords in 1878 when he was grabbed by a group of Gloucestershire cricketers under the orders of the Good Doctor. Mm. Rather than offend, Midwinter played with his captors and went on to stay in England and represent them in Test cricket. (laughs) Good God. Bit of reverse convict psychology. And this is now becoming a common theme. But sadly, at the age of 39, he passed away in a Melbourne mental asylum following the untimely death of his wife and two young children.
1: Well, we've all done that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good grief. Um, Where are you getting these stories from the bloody cricket horror story book? Go, no, my my book, The Encyclopedia of <laughs> International Cricketers, written by myself. I know you wrote The Encyclopedia of International Cricketers. That's a, that's a fascinating t- I didn't realise how many of them finished up in the nuthouse.
1: Kevin, <laughs> yeah, well. Kevin, Kevin, have you read my book of international cricketers?
0: No, funnily enough, no, Brian.
1: Available on Amazon. Um, I would recommend everybody check it out now. It's called Cricket Greats. Oh, by Brian Mannix. Oh, look at well. It out.
0: Well, give us your number. Give us your number four on your list, and we'll see. Does he make it into your book? Number four, four on
1: my list <laughs> is Darren Goff. Good bowler. And I like Darren Goff. Yeah, he was a good bowler, but he had a bit of prick in him. He, I always felt that he should have been an Australian. He he played like an Australian, he had the attitude of an Australian. So that's why I liked him, and he did really. Us up for a while. So um Darren Goff is my number four.
0: Did he take a test hat trick against Australia finally My memory. Yes, he did. Yeah, thought he did. He was he and he and Warney were MCG. great mates. Yeah, he and, and Warney were great mates.
1: Yeah, yeah, fine.
0: Yeah,
1: Fine. You didn't think I could find five. English cricketers. I've got I've got 7 or 8 if I need oh, to. Oh, he's gone uh, big. He's gone uh, big. My number 4. i going to with 5. Come on you kids.
0: My number 4 is Colin Milburn who opened the batting for England in the late 60s, uh, mid 60s to late 60s. Had a car accident. He played out here in WA for a season or two. Opened the batting. Was uh, was your classic swashbuckling uh, opener. Uh, sort of he would have he would have fitted into Bazball. Like there's, no, he would have made Crawley and the little Hobbit that are opening the batting for England now. He would have made them look like they were uh, they were blocking. He was just he had a crack from first ball all the way through, had pretty good technique, but uh, uh, fearless and uh, finished up. I think after the car accident, losing sight in one eye. So and still played cricket after that for a while, but well, became. Well, what
1: happened? What happened, Kev? Mm-hmm. Is that good. he was pissed out of his mind. I don't think so he had the car accident into the stumps and one of the uh the uh, what's that little thing you call on the top of this the bales one of the bales hit him in the eye and this is all because he couldn't find a car park because he was drunk right okay. I, I love the guy but you know let's be let's be honest about this
0: okay it's uh, that's my number 4 colin milburn uh, number 3 for you finally what have you come up with now
2: Well, what a coincidence that you would pick a one-eyed cricketer in your list. Yes. And I have a one-eyed cricketer in my list. And who would that be? The great Ranji or K.S. Ranjit Singhji. was. I love him. He was an Indian nobleman from Rajput in India, but before India were a test-playing nation, of course, their best cricketers came to England. He went to Cambridge where he excelled at cricket, played for Sussex and made his debut against Australia in 1896, making 62 and 154 not out on debut. Wow. He then came to Australia, made 175 at the SCG in his first ever test on Australian soil and averaged, and this was enormous back then, 50.77 for the series. Now, they say that he was very much like, say, a David Gower, wristy and flicking the ball all parts of the ground. But then at the height of his career, he went back to India and on a tiger hunt lost an eye in a shooting accident when his flintlock rifle backfired and the cartridge went back into his eye.
0: Oh, bugger.
2: It didn't affect him. He continued to play county cricket until 1920, simply modifying his stance to front on and plowing hundreds all the way through with one eye shot out on a tiger
0: hunt. Wow. So, the great Rangji or Rangjit Singji. Beautiful. Right, O'Brien, you're number three. Can you top that?
1: I reckon that last bloke sounds like a total asshole. <laughs> You know, coming out there on the field with one eye, you know, oh, hit a 100. I think mean, they are bowling underarms to him because they felt sorry for him. But anyway, I don't know the history of it.
2: Are you trying to sabotage this segment?
1: <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, number three, is it number three we're up to? Yes. Yeah. Well... You know, I got to meet him on Sam uh, Newman's boat. But once again, his his attitude is like an Australian. And I think Ian Botham, you know, he's an all-rounder. He was great. But he was really polite to me, which is more important. And we didn't talk about cricket. um, We talked about soccer. And I met Lady Botham. and, And, you know, as much as he gave us the shits when we were playing against him, I kind of respect the fact that he did the Australian thing. Is like, no, nah, when he walked out on Jerry Humphrey doing the Queen, like, oh, how dare you, and all that's just, all this sort of bullshit drama. He's like, he had a wrestling mentality to uh, cricket. Mm-hmm. He did. So, yeah, and, and and I respect that. And he was really nice when I met him. So he's my number three.
0: Is he Sir or Lord Botham?
1: In Lord Botham, Lord Botham, right, and yeah, we had Lady Botham, and yeah, it was right. very, very lovely,
0: very nice. Uh, my number three is David Gower, the aforementioned rusty uh, English batsman. There are no better. Um, uh, to watch him in full flight, he was fantastic, and then in full flight too was another one of his uh, little party tricks, uh, when he jumped on a uh, little uh, plane. And uh, when England were uh, defending the Ashes, uh, he was up uh, having a little joy flight in a plane. Uh, I think he was. I think he might have actually been captain of England at the time, um, and uh, finally, correct any details I have wrong with that, uh, because he's the cricket aficionado of uh, the program. But uh, yeah, he he was he had a beautiful relaxed. Um, way about batting he just looked like it was uh, as easy as but uh, he made it look easy and he was probably the most elegant of all the English batsmen I've ever seen I think he was was just terrific so he's my number three. Number two Mr Fine Number
2: two is the great W.G. Grace
1: Right Fat bastard with a mustache and a beard isn't it?
2: Correct. Well as I said in the dictionary of in Cyclopedia of Cricket, which was written just before the 100-year anniversary of his death, that he's still one of the most recognisable images in the game. Yeah, it's true. A bit. He played oh, yeah. 43 years of first-class cricket.
1: He, he, was, he pretty much wrote the rules. I um, had a cricket game where you could pick people from all over the centuries, and I had him in my team. He was the opening batsman, but he wasn't that good. So you know, PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. PlayStation doesn't lie. He was okay, right. he, but he wasn't as good as about. Him, he, he wasn't was. as good as you know, Ricky Ponty. All right, that's all I'm saying.
2: Oh my God, you really are sabotaging this thing. Um, okay, <laughs> all right. Listen to this: mm-hmm. forty-three right. years as a first-class cricketer. How do you like that, yeah,
1: That's astonishing. Wasn't he he the boss of the selector?
2: No, I'm leaving you out of this now, (laughs) bro. All right. right. 54,211 first-class runs.
0: Good God. And 2,809
2: first-class wickets. He scored over 1,000 runs in a season, that's first-class runs, 28 times. He played for England 22 times and scored over 1000 runs which at that stage was fantastic. Yep. He was the first player to score 100 in a test match on English soil. Um I mean he 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 made he played just under 1500 <coughs> first class innings. Good god. So there's some great stories about WG Grace. He was in a charity game once. And after the the first ball bowled him, yeah, and he put the bales back on the wickets, and he turned around to the bowler and he said, "They came to see me bat, not you bowl." <laughs> and the umpire gave
1: him not out. <laughs> uh, there be my point, Finey. This um, guy was in charge of cricket, and yeah, he's got a great record. It's like Donald Trump. He's got the, the he's got the the course record and every golf course he opens because he's the first person to play on it and no, he it's lies. Bit, but no. It's a bit
2: yeah, better than that. Don't worry about that. Yeah, now
1: I've, I've got no faith in this place. Do
2: you want to hear another one of his favorite yes, stories? Yeah, we do. He was a doctor and apparently he was on the way to the cricket one day when he was accosted by a woman who asked if he could leave the cricket and attend her two sons who had measles. And she said, can you come? And he said, not just now, but contact me at the ground if their temperature reaches 210 for two.
1: <laughs> Look, that sums up everything I know about him. I don't know the details, but I think he was just a fat, egotistical prick that probably didn't deserve to be in the team for all of those years, but he just was in charge, so he was there. Now, I've got no respect for him at all. F*** him.
0: A very good number two, Finey. Very good Thank
1: number
0: you. two. <laughs> what have you got at number two, Brian? We've got Joe got Root, Darren Goffany, and of them. Who's number two? Yeah.
1: Derek Randall. Oh, very good choice. Derek Randall because he used to change hats and he was entertaining. But more importantly, I had a drink with him at the Chevron Hotel. He was hanging out with Steve Pearson, who was our booker or our tour manager. I think he was our booker at that time. And he was there till 6 a.m. in the f***ing morning. No, that was 3 a.m. And then he went somewhere else. So he was drinking till 6 a.m. And then he had to play another day of the test. And he got out there and he played like shit. <laughs> but he was a good bloke to hang out with. But um, totally irresponsible to his duties. So that appealed to me. Um and I liked the, the entertainment value he gave. I don't know what his cricket statistics are, oh, but I met good. him. Yeah, well, he had different hats and he got pissed till 6 in the morning and then would go and play a test. So, therefore, he's my number two. He did
0: score 100, and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, finally, 177 in the centenary test.
2: Yeah, mid-170s. Yeah. He got hit on the head by Dennis Lilly
0: That's right. and just dropped his cap to him. That's right, he did.
1: Well, I think I met him after he got hit on the head because the night I was hanging out with him, it seemed like he'd been hit on the head. He was pissed out of his mind. <laughs> and then he's got to play the next day. I didn't even know. I wasn't even following cricket at that point. And then Steve Pearson was English. He was right into it. And he goes, he's got to play tomorrow. And I go, you're fucking kidding. <laughs> uh, so a lot of cricketers
0: did that over the years. Trust me. Well, a lot that of cricketers was, that, did that.
1: That was about 1984, 85. I don't know. It's in the 80s. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, so therefore, he's my number two, second favourite cricket player. All right. English cricket player.
0: We'll get to your number one shortly. My number two Stuart Broad. Now, I I share something with Stuart. Um, He's retired now. He doesn't play international cricket anymore, and neither do I. Not that's not what we share. Um, Stewart opened the bowling for the Hoppers Crossing Cricket Club, which I also did in the uh, in in the ones, but not at the same time as Stewart. He came a few years after I'd uh, I'd left the club, and uh, Stewart had a season at Hoppers and uh, was very successful and was one of the uh, one of the great stepping stones of his illustrious career, which has now finished up past the six hundred wicket. Test cricket mat- marker. So he's he's had a fine career. And uh, if it hadn't been for my incredibly successful radio career, I may have gone on to take 600 wickets for England as well. So that's what, that's what I share with, uh, with did,
1: did you play Broad. with him? No. I mean sexually? No. <laughs> no. I we sorry. know what you meant.
0: We know what you meant. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so he's my uh, number two is Stuart Broad now, retired from the very, very – uh, very top echelon of uh, of cricket in uh, England. Now, at number one, finally, we've got uh, John Briggs, uh, we've got uh, Billy Midwinter, Ranji, WG Grace, and at number one? Oh, no. I well, as you can imagine, I didn't see any of those
2: because most of those were not even from the last century. Wouldn't have century
0: thought so. No, yep, wouldn't have thought
2: so. But this is a player I did see and I just loved. And call me old-fashioned, but this test series just reminded me of how annoying it is that wicket keepers can't fucking wicket keep anymore.
0: <laughs> oh yes, God.
2: I mean, every time that Besto takes the ball, he looks like he's trying to he, he looks like with those gloves, he's trying to take a hot a hot tray out of the oven. <laughs> I mean, he, and after Carey's, I think totally justified run out. Yeah, he um, he couldn't catch a cold after that. So I like a great keeper. Yep. And there was none greater for me, than the the monkey. Well, I called him the monkey because his initials were APE, Alan. Philip Eric Knott. Yes. Just a fantastic wicketkeeper, a courageous batsman, and I shall not forget in 1974-75 when Lillian Thompson were absolutely destroying the English. They had to bring Colin Cowdery out, remember?
0: That's right. Yeah, they did.
2: 41-year-old at the time. But Alan Knott made a famous 106-knot out at the Adelaide Oval I mean, he was a great batsman, courageous. And there is a famous story about Alan Knott early in his career, and it speaks of the brilliance of John Arlott, the cricket commentator. Do you know the story? No. I'm not sure
1: I want to, but go on.
0: Yes, you do. (laughs) Alan Knott was
2: at the Oval, and he was facing one of the fastest bowlers ever, the great West Indian Wesley Hall. And Wesley yes. Hall came windmilling in and he struck not a fearful blow on the protector and Alan not went down and he was folded over. They brought medical attention out and he was folded over apparently for about 15, 10, 15 minutes. He finally bravely got up. And as he was crouched over, Wesley Hall began that long run-up and John Arlott's famous piece of commentary, Mm -hmm. Wesley Hall running in to bull to Alan Knott, one ball remaining, (laughs) pause, pause, pause in the over. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, yes. John Arlett was very good at that. Very good at that. I oh, know it's a good choice. He's a very good cricketer. Noddy was a really good cricketer. Oh, no, sure,
2: I, 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 I basically hate all living English cricketers, you know. Yeah. I consider Ben Stokes. I, I mean, I wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. He is, he is such a, I cannot stand Ben Stokes. I know he's great to watch. He's a great player. Bad we should have done um, –
1: We should have done the five biggest whinging poms.
0: Well, you could have made all this that. Rather than
1: go. Who's got a favourite English cricketer? It's just that. Well, who's your number one? Ben Ben,
2: Ben Stokes. I mean, that behaviour of not going in and having a drink after the game with the Australians, he should be ashamed of himself.
0: Uh, At the end of the series, yeah, that was poor. Very poor. Yeah. Yeah, typical. Typical. Well, no matter what it is, you got to you got to put it behind you, and you know, uh, break bread with people at the end of it. it ah. It's not they're not they're not they're not at war with each other. They're playing a bloody game of cricket.
2: He's as likable as genital warts.
0: <laughs> I mean, which you know, is,
2: who, which, you, know almost, you know who almost made my list was Jeffrey Boycott because I actually liked Jeffrey Boycott. Yeah, Mr. Boredom. Oh no! I loved his commentary. Best commentary. Oh, I, I
1: love his commentary yeah. too. I must but admit. But wouldn't he bat for about a day and a half and make twenty. Oh uh, yeah, but it's a bit
0: like Bill Laurie. It's a bit, um, uh, it's a bit subjective. They 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 played within what was happening at the time. They were. And
2: I saw I saw him play and hit plenty of runs. Let me oh, tell you. so die. As an older man, I mean, look, he was terribly selfish and used to count the balls and make oh. singles at the end of overs. And God, yes. His teammates hated him, but. I mean, and he did say the most politically incorrect piece of commentary of all time that got him kicked off the airwaves. What did, what he, did he get you kicked say? off for? Well, he got kicked off for a few things, but the first time he ever got kicked off was when he was in Australia commentating and he, he was doing the summary at T. And this was at the MCG, and he said, in the session between lunch until John Ambury battered like an absolute spastic. Oh, now, now I don't approve of it, let me tell you. Mm. But there's nothing nice about that word, but back then it maybe wasn't it's it's offensive it as offensive. Was it, it was never the right thing to say, but it just showed his complete disregard for anybody else.
0: Yep, yep. You're right. It was never. It's never the right word to say, but it, it wasn't yeah, as it, as taboo then oh, still, as it
2: is but now. But just so he, he didn't but, care about it. He didn't care about. He didn't care about anybody. But, yeah. mean, but
1: this is your number one, the guy that no, says this.
0: No no no, 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 no. His number one was Alan. Not no. Who's All your Who's I your number one,
1: you, Brian? Let's
2: Listen, oh, my I, number one. I hope you, a Brian. I'm really hoping that you
1: put tongue in. No, (laughs) been there, done that. Um, No, my number one is Bob Willis. Why would that be, Brian? Well, I didn't really like watching Test cricket. And there was one day my dad was watching the cricket, you know, back in Oak Park and, you know, probably, I don't know, what is it? When's Bob Willis playing in the 70s? 80s. Yeah, no, no.
0: The 70s. Yeah, he um, played, played in both. Yeah, he yeah. played in both,
1: 70s, 90s. Yeah, well, anyway, at this point in time, the ABC had the rights to the cricket. Channel 9 didn't have it. So there were no ads. Okay, so that's an important part of this. So I, I just had no interest in cricket. I thought it was boring. But anyway, my dad's watching the cricket, and I go, oh, Dad, this is boring. He's going, no, no, watch this. This bloke, he, he'd be lucky to, he'd be lucky to, you know, he'd be out very quickly. And because it was the ABC, you didn't have an ad. So Bob Willis, he walks out, and it takes him about two and a half minutes to walk out to the to the crease, and then he's, you know, getting the sight screen all set up. And he's tapping the thing. It's about four minutes before he's actually ready to bat, and then. My dad says, No, nah, no, nah, he won't be here long, you know. So I think, Oh, well, I'll see some action. First freaking ball, out he goes, bang. And then, because it's the ABC, we get to watch him walk all the way back. It must have been so humiliating for him. And I just laughed my guts out. So when we'd play cricket in, in the backyard with Lucky Phil and all that, I'd be boob Willis because Phil reckons I was fat. But, um, but, And because I was such a shit bowler, I could throw it. And then I eventually learned how to bowl. But Bob Willis got me into cricket because every time he came, I didn't want to watch him bowl. But when he came out to bat, I said, yeah, this is only going to take 10 minutes. So great. And so he was the action part of cricket. That got me into cricket. So Bob go. Willis, you're my number one Joe for Root, all the long reasons.
0: Darren Goff, Ian Botham, Derek Randall, and Bob Willis. It's a very good list of five English cricketers, you Sook. Uh, and my number, uh, my number one is uh, Ian Botham. I just uh, I loved watching. I didn't love watching him play because he used to beat us, unfortunately. But uh, a very great competitor. I love blokes who compete, even when they're. Out their team's out of the contest there's nothing you, seriously that you think you're playing for um he never gave up and I, I love that in sports people I love uh, that that will to keep going and keep trying your hardest and um, uh, you know you never know sometimes it works for you and it did quite a few times for both of them he was one of those players who um got got a lot of wickets with shit balls I have to say but by geez, he, um he got them uh and uh, he was he was Equally as adventurous with the bat, um, took a lot of great catches. Uh, uh, he was just a really, really brilliant all-round cricketer. So I did uh, did enjoy watching him. I, there's a few um, apologies, you know. It's a pity I couldn't fit someone like Johnny Bairstow in the list or Gladstone Small or Phil Tufnell or Dennis Amos or Mike Brilly. They would have made my <laughs> my English uh, dickhead 11. Um there's a few that I've even left out of that. Um, Ollie Robinson would have been a late inclusion in that. And I must admit, where the English, I think, do it exceptionally well over the years has been their commentary. David Lloyd, John Arlett, um, uh, Brian Johnson, they're very, very, very good uh, good cricket callers um, and came up with some of the funniest stuff you'll ever hear. Uh, was it Brian Johnson who said, the, the bowler's holding, the batsman's willie?
1: No, he said, Brian Johnson said... You shook me all night long. Might be just a different Brian Johnson. Yes. Okay. All
0: right. So there you go. That wasn't that painful, was it, Brian?
1: Well, look, I can't believe how hard well we've had the to go on segment. You that- know, can't we just do something like. Five sexiest women of all time. Uh, Five biggest cheats in sport. Okay, which would you like? You're
0: you're picking the topic for next week, Brian. That's the that's the happy ending to
1: this particular edition. Okay, I'm going to go with five sexiest women of all time. They don't have to be movie stars. They don't have to be pop stars. They could be just anybody. Excluding
0: excluding Natalie and Sarah, we don't put them in the list. No, you've got what's the topic. The five sexiest women of all time.
1: Otherwise, the five... No, I'm not doing that. That's too... That's... No. What about the five biggest cheats in sport, the five biggest chokers in sport, the five most handsome males in the history of the universe? Um, Yeah, give me five minutes I'll get a couple more. Is there anything there that appeals to you?
0: Funny?
2: Well, we could do the... Biggest
1: cheats in sport, That'd be Okay. Yeah, I think the biggest cheats in sports, worth because we're probably unaware of a lot of the cheating in the sports, and you know, I, I'm sure. And Donald it- Trump
0: is not allowed to be mentioned. He cheats. He's oh. just a, a the, the, his golfing thing. So it has to be professional
1: sport. Yeah, like okay. you know, Dave Warner oh, and probably. the and the and the thing. Oh, I think you talk about Flintoff with the. And that English team that had the lollies that they were rubbing on their thing. Oh, okay. Um, You
2: know, the Football Club.
0: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Well,
1: I'm I'm happy to discuss that. You opened
0: opened the Pandora's box there, Brian.
1: Well, look, look, I'm interested (laughs) to see what other cheating there was in sports, but Uh. I've I've watched a few shows. On on, in documentaries about (laughs) how people cheat in sports, and you know, I think if you put the thing in, like, I I think cheating in sports is five
0: five biggest cheats in professional sport that is the topic for next week,
1: yeah. Or, or is it five biggest rip offs, like, you know, say, no, uh, no, 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 cheats, go cheats, okay, cheats in sports.
2: Yeah, I'll be writing an essay. Oh, Lance
1: Armstrong. Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. We'll just leave him right out because he's the obvious number one.
0: Uh, he might not uh, be the everybody obvious number can one. Do their own list. Yeah, exactly. I don't even. Oh, well, I wouldn't leave leave
1: even in.
2: consider Lance Armstrong. You
0: knew, wouldn't even consider
2: him. him in your top five. Well, I've got. i got to go through all the Essendon players first.
1: Huh? <laughs> 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 <sighs> Well, let's talk about this. They kill the players with their frickin' schoolgirl and their nude photos. That's not;
0: they weren't cheating in sport. That's not
1: cheating. It's got nothing to do with cheating in uh, sport. there's got to be some cheating on their wives. Would there That's be? That's not in
0: sport. That's not a sport. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs>
1: All right. Whatever. Whatever you reckon.
0: Uh, uh, so that's what we'll do next week, and uh, that's when I'll talk to you two again. Uh, keep yourself safe, wholesome, and uh, and healthy until next week.
1: Keep on rocking. Bye.
0: You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.